Our scripture reading today is Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. A Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips when I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be, Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you again. It's been a little while. I recently returned from a trip to New Mexico with my one-and-a-half-year-old son, who you just saw. And if you've spent any time in the high desert, or just at high altitudes and high temperatures, you know that drinking water quickly becomes a rigorous and necessary activity. Well, at Ghost Ranch Conference Center, where we were, Folks have all sorts of tricks to monitor their hydration. You can pinch your skin, and if it peaks, you're dehydrated. Make sure you go to the bathroom every hour. There are even color charts to help you discern... Well, never mind. <laughs> I think you get it. Hydration is important to keep tabs of but try to tell that to a one-and-a-half-year-old. Despite my best efforts to keep him hydrated, my very self-directed toddler, who has claimed the reply, no, wholeheartedly, often did become slightly dehydrated. And I noticed that when he did, his whole mood was affected. He became more and more disgruntled, angry even, about all sorts of things when he hadn't had enough to drink. Qualities that I can relate to when I haven't had enough to drink, I think this is normal. Well, it appears our psalmist, King David, knows this experience too, from the desert in the Judean mountains, where he was hiding from Saul when he wrote this psalm. But he uses the imagery of thirst in a dry and weary land where there is no water to describe his thirst for God. I love this psalm because it's so visceral. And so is our thirst for God. It can be sometimes even a physical or painful 
feeling of longing or thirst. Well, David knows what he is thirsting for. It appears our psalmist has experienced the love of God in the past. He says, I have looked upon God in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory. And he has determined that God's love is better than life. Or maybe we could say, makes life worth living. I wonder if we each could take a moment right now to think back to a time when we were conscious of experiencing the love of God. Could we take a moment now to do that? When I think back to those times, some a long time ago and some more recent, I remember how I felt like my life made sense in a way that it hadn't. Like there was meaning to my life. But when I don't have a sense of closeness to God, my goodness, can't it feel like a great and terrifying thirst? as if life could slip from my fingers if I can't find that great font of every blessing. So perhaps the lessons of the desert could offer us some guidance for our spiritual lives. Perhaps our instinct to quench our thirst in one big gulp actually isn't sufficient for our spiritual hydration in the same way that taking one big gulp is not going to be sufficient for our physical hydration in the desert. Perhaps, as if we are always living at high altitudes in our spiritual lives, perhaps we must sip from God more regularly than we even think is necessary. Regularly, even with a level of rigor, just as we would attempt to drink water in the desert, to stay spiritually hydrated and connected to that sacred love. Because I'll admit, when I find myself distracted with many other important things of life, without the time or without a good enough reason in the moment to practice connecting to God, I do find myself moody, disgruntled, angry even about all sorts of things. So as you may have noticed in the introduction, my ministry has been primarily as a chaplain educator and as a chaplain. And so I want to give you a little window into what we call a spiritual assessment. And this is a tool that we use as chaplains to assess ourselves and others and say, how are they coping right now in their lives? I call this the toy model, T-O-Y. So toy is an acronym for three areas of relationships that are important for spiritual well-being. Are you ready? You're getting what my students get <laughs> in the classroom. The T in toy stands for the transcendent. 
It means that we need a relationship with something that allows us to transcend difficult situations. So for some, that is called the universe, love. For some, it's connection to nature. For some, it's a practice of yoga. And for some, it's a belief system or a faith. And we might call that God. I know I do. And so the T in the toy model invites us to ask, how is our relationship with the transcendent right now? O, T-O. The O stands for others. It says that we have a basic need for relationships to others. So that could be family, it could be our community, it could be a very a close circle of friends, it could be coworkers, it could be animals, pets. But the O in the toy model invites us to ask ourselves the question, how are my relationships with others right now? And finally, the Y, T-O-Y. The Y stands for self. It means that we actually have an active relationship with ourself. And that relationship matters. And so the why in the toy model invites us to ask, how are you relating with yourself right now? In the toy model, all three of those relationships are important and necessary for our spiritual well-being. And they are also linked. So if something is off with one, it often becomes off with the others. And vice versa, when something resolves with one, it often resolves with the others. Well, this psalm, this psalm of David, focuses on the transcendent, the T in the toy model. It focuses on our relationship with God. And David assessed that his relationship with God was dried up. He was thirsty. And so the psalm invites us to ask as well, how is our relationship with God right now? Are we finding ourselves thirsty? And if so, what are ways that we might connect with God more regularly? Now, I don't know if you've heard this, but some would say if you are experiencing thirst, you're already dehydrated. So if we take that and connect it to our spiritual well-being, our spiritual hydration, it would say that if you're starting to feel a little thirsty, you're already dehydrated. So what practices might we each use to take those regular sips from God that we might find ourselves sated? I invite you now to ask yourself, what practices might leave you spiritually well hydrated? For some, it's daily prayer. For some, it's regular journaling. For some, it's regular time in nature. For some, it's regular time with friends in the faith. For some, it's regular time singing hymns and songs. Truly, the list is as long as the number of us gathered. But did you hear the common word in each of those examples? Regular. Regular. Regular sips in our relationship with God that we might be 
spiritually well, spiritually well hydrated in our connection to God. Friends, let us find our ways to regularly sip from God, that we might become spiritually hydrated, that we might feel God's deep, deep love for us in every moment. Amen.